Yeah! We're two days out from the NFL draft. Now, we won't be doing a full live stream on the channel, but I'll probably be jumping on to some other people's streams. I'll keep you all updated on that. If you want to hang out during the NFL draft, uh, I'll probably post it on Twitter, etc. So make sure you're following me. Today, we're going to rip through our final rookie rankings because I know you all get hot and bothered with your rookie drafts and you start to push your league mates, be like, let's fucking draft after the first round of the NFL draft. Most of you all probably do your rookie drafts either this upcoming Sunday once the draft is wrapped up, Thursday night is round one, Friday night's round two and three, and then day three is Saturday, rounds four through seven. A lot of y'all do your rookie drafts on Sunday. I try to get my leagues to push till the following Sunday to do the rookie draft so you have like a week to kind of get collected to watch our content because we'll be doing updated rookie mock drafts. We'll be doing updated rookie rankings throughout that next week or two to get y'all prepared for your rookie draft so make sure you're subscribed if you're not already uh i wanted to give one last final last top 24 rookie rankings broken down by tiers here okay uh we did a rookie mock draft yesterday i brought andy uh the fantasy footballers on i know he's not typically in his rookie dynasty bag but we got him into the bag and we closed it off real quick so if you missed yesterday's video we'll link that down below make sure you watch it all right Top 24 tiers. We got eight tiers. That's a lot of tiers. I don't even have tissues. God damn it. But you know what the next best thing is? Tuck your damn shirt in. I mean business today. We mean, we mean business. All of our rookie rankings will be available and are available right now on bdge.co. We have the rookie draft guide, which has our full rookie rankings in both Superflex and one quarterback that will be updated in real time throughout the draft weekend and as things come out after the draft throughout the week for your rookie drafts. Uh, so we have write-ups, really in-depth write-ups on every single rookie that's fantasy relevant for you. Myself, Noah, uh, Corey from the Fantasy Stock Exchange did some of the profiles, as well as all of Noah's statistics and numbers. So he uses a lot of numbers that are like proprietary to him, you know, Bay rating and all these things that you've never heard before because he made them up. We actually compiled all those numbers and have all the rookie running backs like ranked out in a sheet in the rookie draft guide. So there's a lot of really cool, awesome information for you in the rookie draft guide. Go cop that on bdg.co. It will be updated post-draft as well with fantasy outlooks, where you should be drafting guys, the rankings, of course, et cetera, et cetera. Let's get into the first tier, the elite tier, and it is uh, no other than Mr. Bijan Robinson. I, you know, you've, you've heard about him at nauseum. He's going to end up being a top 15 pick. He's going to be uh, one of the better running backs that have come out in the last decade. You know what's the craziest part about Bijan Robinson, in my humble-ass opinion? He literally already looks like a Hall of Fame running back. Like, his physical looks... You know, when you see, like, what a Hall of Fame running back looks like, he already looks that way. Like, his makeup from his hair down to his body type, you're like, this dude has got Hall of Fame stature to him. He can do everything, all three downs, obviously. Uh, it should be interesting to see where he lands. I've seen him mock to Atlanta, which would make me fucking throw up if uh, if they took him at number eight over, over there. Uh, Philadelphia can get interesting. Obviously, he's been linked to Dallas a little bit. I don't think that happens. I think they have some other needs they need to get filled. Uh, Washington feels like kind of maybe the perfect spot. I think they're picking at 16, so I could I could definitely see that happening. They would be a team that would waste a first-round pick on a running back. Not that it'd be wasted because he's fucking 
beast, and it would take some pressure off a guy like Sam Howell if he's going to be the uh, the starter there. But listen, when guys like this, when blue chip prospects like him come around, it's it's just it's game over. Okay, uh, you, you, I get the idea that like you know if you have the one on one, you're not competing right now. But these are the guys that turn your team around quickly. Like you think about the years that C-Mac had and Todd Gurley had, and those guys that average like 23 fantasy points per game. It's very hard to miss the fantasy playoffs when you have a guy like that on your roster. It takes like one or two other solidified pieces, especially if you're like in a league that starts nine players or something like that. A guy like Bijan can turn your team from a 12th place team into like a sixth place team and you could sneak into the playoffs and then it's just a two game stretch. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Bijan goes off for fucking 45 points. Guess what? You probably won that fantasy playoff game. So, you know, I, I think the idea that, like, if you're the team that has the 101, you're probably so far off from the playoffs. Things happen very quickly in Dynasty. Things happen very quickly in fantasy football and the NFL. This is just one that if you look back in a couple of years you're and you had passed on Bijan Robinson, it's not like there's a Trevor Lawrence in this class. It's not like there's a no-doubt top-tier 101 QB that's worth fading Bijan for, okay? So take that to the fucking bank. Bijan in the elite tier by himself. Tier number two, now we have the QBs. Now things get a little bit spicier. Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft to the Carolina Panthers. I put Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson in this tier, the elite-ish tier, because they're the guys I want in my rookie drafts if I have the 102 to the 104. Obviously, things can get a little spicier. We've... Uh, Things have really heated up the last few days in the last week or so in terms of quarterback landing spots and C.J. Stroud maybe falling out of the top five and Will Levis is now like the projected number two according to sports books and stuff. This is going to be a really exciting QB class from a draft perspective and seeing what happens on Thursday night. Bryce Young for sure, the 101 here though in the actual NFL draft. So he's my you know 102, he's my QB one right now and he's the guy that we don't really think too hard about right now because he will be a nice QB2 in your super flex spot for the next, you know, whatever, 5, 10-ish years. And then, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud is the guy I'm most confident in next as it pertains to actually throwing the ball. Anthony Richardson obviously has the crazy upside. We have to see where he ends up being drafted. And wherever he goes, he will have to obviously develop. Now, if he lands in a spot like Seattle or something where he's got to sit for a minute, I kind of think you just go give and take there. It's probably good that he gets to sit and learn and, and develop a little bit before he gets onto the field. Maybe he gets onto the field towards the end of the year, but they're not like a bad enough team where that probably happens. I think there's a good chance he just ends up in a good situation, whether it's Indy with a good staff or it's Seattle or it's Detroit, where once he gets onto the field, he'll have good opportunities around him, right? Like he won't fail because the rest of his team is letting him down. He'll fail because he's just not a good quarterback if that's the case. So these three together are in a tier by themselves. We move on to tier number three in his bag. We've got Will Levis and we've got Jackson Smith in Jigba. Now, Will Levis, uh, there's just a lot of people that I trust that have very low grades on Will Levis as a QB. Now, when I watched him, I saw, I don't know, I saw a lot of like awesome flashes. I saw a lot of like Justin Herbert at his best, where it's like he can make these plays and then the cannon arm does not suffer when he's on the move. It does not suffer when he's under pressure. Like, he could still deliver those throws, but he's just so inconsistent. However, if Will, Le if Will Levis ends up going at, like, the 102 or even anywhere in the top five, you just can simply cannot fade a QB that goes in the top five of the NFL draft. 
in the early parts of your Superflex draft. We've just learned this lesson too many times over the last five years for us to keep doing the same fucking thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. So Will Levis, no-brainer here in this tier for me. Jackson Smith and Jigba, going to be the first wide receiver off the board. I've seen enough people... You know, talk about taking Jackson Smith and Jigba up there at like the 103 after Bryce Young. Not my cup of tea. I think he's going to be a really solid piece of a fantasy team for a long time. I, I can't stand, it's making me nauseous, the people that are like, uh, Garrett Wilson and then Chris Olave said that he was better. I, it, I feel like if you watch the interview, it was like a little bit taken out of context the way that that played off. And I get that he was also someone who outproduced those two when they were on the field together. But he was running in the slot where, like, those two dudes had so much more pressure on the outside and had a much more difficult task. Like, you have the CB1 and the CB2 on you, and you have press coverage and man coverage, and you have to have a diverse route tree. And in order to produce at a high level, like, Jackson Smith and Jigba had nickel corners on him. He had slot corners on him. He had linebackers and safeties on him. It's not to take away from him. Like, I'm ecstatic if I if I land JSN. If I don't need a QB and I'm sitting there like 105, 106 and I get JSN on my team, I feel phenomenal about that. This is more just saying like JSN is not as good as Garrett Wilson. If you watch Garrett Wilson play, you get elevated. It's like an outer body experience watching that motherfucker pluck the ball out of the air sometimes for how small his body type is, all right? So I got no concerns about Jackson Smith and Jigba. My only, my I, I just don't ever see him having the ceiling of a... Uh, Garrett Wilson when all is said and done like I think Garrett Wilson's on the precipice of getting into that like Stefan Diggs tier where you're like all right I just I have, a, I have a top three top five fantasy wide receiver for the next five years with any given season having the upside of being the number one wide receiver overall I just I don't see it as much with Jackson Smith and Jigba maybe it's just lack of explosiveness but uh, happy to get him here but he is at the end of this tier here if I don't need a QB we'll move into tier four and this is in flight. Jameer Gibbs is right there. I wouldn't blame anyone to put Jameer Gibbs in the in his bag flight as well. I've obviously voiced my concerns about him weighing in under 200 pounds, but he is just such a unique, explosive athlete. And I think there's a real chance that he sneaks into the back of the first round because once you get to the back of the first round, you're dealing with teams that have picks back there because they're really good teams and they don't have a lot of holes in their rosters. And I think in today's NFL, a lot of the teams that pick back there but don't win the Super Bowl usually sit back there because they're lacking. Like the NFL teams that win the Super Bowls are the ones that are so explosive on offense. So the other teams are always like, man, how do we match that? Right? It's not always like we need a better defense. It's typically rather than fighting fire with water nowadays, it's fire on fire. Like people are just trying to go, okay, you scored this many points. We need to, rather than like, let me bring you down seven points, let me elevate my offense by five points so I can hop you in that respect so I think Gibbs from like a very macro perspective the way you look at the NFL is a dude that could very much sneak into the first round because of the way that teams back there typically need one more piece to elevate them so Gibbs will be here wouldn't be surprised if after the draft he jumps up to uh the in his bag tier he jump if he lands in you know Philadelphia if he lands in one of those spots where it's nice and crispy there and he's got a lot of opportunity in a high scoring high powered offense Gibbs could be that dude. So he's obviously a very, very fun player, and NFL teams 
really like this dude, right? Like 4 3 six, 40 yard dash, so explosive. Good ball carrier. I wouldn't say great ball carrier, but great weapon. We'll put it that way. Uh, Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison round out this tier. They're probably the next two wide receivers. Off the board, maybe Zay Flowers sneaks in there. We'll talk about him in the next tier a little bit. Quentin Johnson, obviously the long, lean wide receiver. Uh, questionable hands at times. Also did not show up in the championship game. So you kind of wonder, you know, against good competition, will he be able to elevate to the wide receiver one? He feels like more of a projection at the next level where if he hits the upside is going to be real he's also a very different style of wide receiver in this class relative to a lot of the undersized wide receivers like JSN is kind of big at like you know 200 pounds or whatever uh, but then you have Jordan Addison who's 175 pounds you have the Zay Flowers who's 180 barely you have uh, Josh Downs, who's 170. Like, you have all these, Jalen Hyatt, 175. You have all these undersized wide receivers, and Quentin Johnson sticks out like a sore fucking thumb out there. So he's athletic. He's very, very smooth. I think he's got all the pieces to be very, very good. Uh, I like Quentin Johnson a lot. I like Jordan Addison a lot. I think Jordan Addison, for me, a guy I was super high on watching his film. I do have a little bit more question marks as I've gotten deeper into the process. And I think draft capital becomes a little bit of concern. Like, if he's a first-round pick, amazing. If he falls into, like, the mid-back of the second round in a questionable landing spot, do we love the 173-pound frame? Not necessarily. Uh, great route runner, very, very smooth player, but you do have to question the upside depending on where he lands. Tier 5, we are in flux. That would be Zach Charbonnet, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt. Really hard to differentiate this tier right now. Uh, I want to love Zach Charbonnet. I want to love his three-down size, his three-down skill set, a dude who caught passes, a dude who's 200, you know, 15, 20 pounds. Dude could be a three-down banger at the next level. A lot of teams have question marks about his running style. Is he a little bit too straight up? Does he lack explosiveness, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, his draft capital will dictate a lot for me because I've seen him go anywhere from uh, – I actually really haven't seen him mocked into the second round, which kind of becomes a concern. It just uh, where there's smoke, there's fire a lot of the times. Like the fact that you almost never see mock drafts with him in the second round probably comes from the fact that Nobody who makes these mock drafts is hearing any reports, rumors, or links of this guy getting picked in the second round, which means teams are pretty clearly set on him being a you know round three, if not round four pick. He'll obviously drop drastically down the rankings if he becomes a day three uh, capital running back. But if he can sneak into the back of the second, even if he goes into the third round, he'll be a guy that I'm really interested in seeing where he lands, and he can move up the rankings dramatically based on draft capital and landing spot because I think he could be a James Conner-type player in a couple of years uh, for a team. And then you have these wide receivers. You have Zay Flowers, you know, again, smaller-ish stature, probably going to be a slot guy. Uh, balled out his final year at Boston College. It did take him a minute to really get there statistically, which is a question mark for some people. But he's a very, very good route runner. He can play both outside and inside. I think he'll probably be better as a slot receiver just because of his size and the way that teams will use him at the next level. Have heard a lot of spicy, uh, a lot of spicy takes that he could be the first wide receiver off the board. Very unlikely that actually happens, but he could definitely get into that wide receiver two mix and be, you know, one of two, one of three ish wide receivers that go into the first round, and that would probably catapult him up the board a little bit. One of my personal favorites, Josh Downs out of UNC, is right behind him. You basically have these undersized wide receivers, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt. They're in the same tier for me, based on where they go draft capital. I've seen all these guys mocked anywhere from like. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. pick 25 to pick 55 right so depending on landing spot depending on draft capital josh downs is a slot player but he's got that like steve smith dog in him where you throw the ball up to him he's coming down with it he's just a a fucking phenomenal football player uh contested catch led the country in that statistic in that category uh he could just kind of do it all he's going to be one of my favorite like real life nfl players even if he never gets there statistically jalen hyatt very boomer bust for me a guy that I didn't love on film, a guy that I thought a lot of his upper tier production production came from busted plays, and uh, there's a lot of pushback on that, but I think really anyone who watched the film will see that. Does he have this explosive nature to his game where the upside could be there if he puts it together? Yes, but again, also very undersized, 100 and low 170-ish pound player. But I do think, based on the type of player he is and based on the the type of teams with draft capital in the spot that he's projected to go, I think there's a very high likelihood that Jalen Hyatt lands in one of the more jealous landing spots, you know, of where, like, a JSN can go to, like, Tennessee or Zay Flowers can go to, like, Baltimore. I think Jalen Hyatt, there's a really good chance he lands in Kansas City or Buffalo or... LA with the Chargers like because this wide receiver class the way they're made up is so like role specific it's like you have these undersized slot wide receivers you have these deep threat guys you don't have a lot of like possession wide receiver one guys that can probably fit into like any offense so it's almost like teams that are drafting wide receivers this year are drafting specifically for need they're not like I want to get the best wide receiver on the board they're like ah we want a slot wide receiver or we want a field stretcher and if you look at those teams the Chargers, uh, Kansas City, Buffalo. Like, that's what they need. They need compliments to Travis Kelsey. They need compliments to Stephon Diggs. They need field stretchers that go along with these big-arm quarterbacks that they have under center. So Jalen Hyatt feels like, to me, a guy who could rise just based on who he is as a player and the teams that actually need players like him. And again, like I just think the biggest mistake a lot of people make in the rookie dynasty drafts is overvaluing their capability or their ability to like evaluate talents. I like I sit here and say like a lot of Jalen Hyatt's production came on busted plays, but Jalen Hyatt might be a great fucking player. It just might have been like he's so explosive that it was impossible for the secondaries to actually cover him, right? I just could be wrong. So I won't overthink it if he lands in a good spot. And I try not to overvalue my talent evaluation for these players 
and let a lot of draft capital dictate where they go. And based on that, like that's one of my favorite reasons to use the Mojo app. Like Mojo is the sports stock market. You could literally invest in players. They each have a share price, and based on how they do statistically throughout their career, the share price goes up or down. Uh, anyone can go download the Mojo app, but one of the most useful parts of this app is they're like a company with a lot of very smart people that work for them that are making this uh, these share prices go up and down all the time. They have like legit market makers from very qualified schools and like you know Ernst and Youngs and all these like accounting firms that basically make up the prices for these players. And in turn, you can kind of use them as like a dynasty rankings sheet or another resource that's actually free because very difficult to find good dynasty rankings throughout the industry right now that aren't behind a paywall. And Mojo kind of gives you that. And a lot of the prices for these players are based on projected draft capital. So they give you a sneak into the way the market is moving, the way that very smart people think about draft capital. So if you're on their app, which is, again, free to download, free to use, if you are in New Jersey, you can actually put money down on the players and invest and win real money, which is fucking incredible. The app is beautiful. It's like one of the best UI, UX apps I've ever, basically Robinhood, but for athletes. Uh, but if you're on the app and you hit the little magnifying glass down here and then on the Discover tab on the top one, you can go to scroll down and go to NFL draft and it's got every NFL draft player and you can filter by position, which is phenomenal. Makes it really easy to see the tiers that are broken up and you could see, you know, Bryce Young is, is separating himself as a QB one. CJ Stroud is the two, but he's a few dollars less. So it basically has these individual broken down tiers for you that have started to create themselves and it gives you a real idea of like how sophisticated market makers are looking at the NFL draft. And you could see a dude like Jalen Hyatt has, has fallen out of favor amongst the wide receivers. Like JSN is the clear wide receiver one. His share price is $10.73. Jordan Addison is down at $9.13. So there's a clear tier gap there. And then Quentin Johnson's at eight seventy three. So he's only like 40, 50 cents below Jordan Addison. So them two are right near each other. Zay Flowers, eight fifty one. So those three are kind of together. Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers. And it makes me rethink, do I put Zay Flowers into that in-flight tier outside of Josh Downs and Jalen Hyatt because Jalen Hyatt's all the way down at six eighty-seven, which is like two, three dollars below those other guys. Josh Downs six sixty-two. So those two are kind of in a tier by themselves. Where I think what those prices are telling you are Downs and Hyatt are way more likely to be second-round picks. They're way more likely to go into that like forty to seventy pick draft capital range where these other guys anywhere from you know twenty to twenty-five to thirty-five. And I think it's a really useful resource and tool, especially because it'll be updated. After the NFL draft, you'll see the prices move drastically on draft night. So now is the time if you have strong takes on players, if you have a good feeling about where a guy's going to be picked, or you know, even like you think your talent evaluation's up to par with some of the best in the industry, this is where you can make money on an app like that because you're betting on their career before the career even starts. It's like penny stocks out here, all right? So go download the Mojo app. That will be linked in the description. Again, if you're in New Jersey, you can actually play in and invest money. Promo code BDGE100 will get you $100 into your account if you deposit just $25. So that's a 400% deposit match. You'll love to see it. I'm getting sweaty in this motherfucker. We've got a few tiers left. Tier six, we've got the extra medium tier, but I actually, I love the players that are in this tier. Like individually, I actually think I might like these players more than I like the players in the influx tier. So extra medium, you have Kendra Miller, TCU running back. You have Cedric Tillman, the actual, one of the actual like possession wide receivers in this class. You have Don Kincaid and Michael Mayer right next to each other. Devon A-Chain, Texas A&M, undersized, absolute burner running back. Uh, so Kendra, 
we have not seen him really do anything this offseason, unfortunately, so I have no idea where he's going to go in the NFL draft, but I think he's one of the most talented runners in this draft class, bar none. Wildly elusive, yards created per attempt. Every individual statistical metric, if you look at PFF, you look at Sports Info Solutions, he is a top five running back in this class, no doubt about it. Not a pass catcher, so where he lands is going to be dictating a lot of what his role is, and that does make me nervous a little bit, but had he gone through the pre-draft process and had he gotten the hype that most of these guys get throughout, he could be all the way up into that like in-flight borderline where like Zach Charbonnet is up there. I love KJ Miller. Cedric Tillman was a guy that going into the year, a lot of people liked him more than Jalen Hyatt, but Jalen Hyatt had the big year. I like Cedric Tillman a lot. I think he'll end up being you know top 50, top 60 pick, hopefully, and he'll get that draft capital. Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer right next to each other. I have no idea who's going to be the one in this class. I don't know who's going to be the first one picked. Dalton Kincaid is, he's special. He's special. The way he moves on a field, he's not a tight end. He is a, he is a, I mean, you'd watch him play and you'd be like, he's a good wide receiver, right? Like, it's not just like he elevates from tight end as a pass catcher. He's a good wide receiver. You don't see dudes move as fluidly as him, but Michael Mayer might get the draft capital. Michael Mayer will be a really good all around three down pass catching tight end. And we've seen guys, you know, like the TJ Hawkinson build that can be phenomenal in fantasy if they are in the right landing spot. So I like both those two together. Devon A-Chain, he could be one of the biggest risers or fallers. Like if he goes in the fourth round, probably going to be out on him. If he goes in the back of the second round and goes to a spot where he'll get opportunity immediately, love the kid. But because his size of being sub 190, uh, he'll likely be pigeonholed into a specific role at the uh, at the next level. Can he be really explosive and can he be a three down back I think he can he showed it at Texas A&M like you watch that LSU game where he had 37 fucking carries he's dragging dudes five yards with a minute left in the game after getting those 37 carries he's explosive he's much better in between the tackles than people are giving him credit for I love Devon A. Chain all right he ain't extra medium let's move into tier seven the second to last tier we've got sipping and I am realizing right now that I am a total piece of shit the orange tie threw me off in extra medium that is Hendon Hooker sipping is Cedric Tillman starting off with the orange tie so we take back everything we said they're both on the same team they played together Hendon Hooker obviously coming off the ACL tear I think some team is going to look at him as more than just a project I think Hendon Hooker is going to be a top 50 pick and if so we've learned our lesson on second third round high upside QBs in Superflex leagues the last few years. We don't let the Daniel Jones types fall out. We don't let the Jalen Hurts types fall out. We draft those dudes, wait one year, and profit on the ROI. But everything I said about Cedric Tillman, I mean, he's still a phenomenal player, and I like him a lot. He's a good possession receiver, and he's right there. Then we have Tyler Scott, and we have Darnell Washington. Tyler Scott, one of my favorite, most underrated players in this class out of Cincinnati. A little bit on the smaller side, but not too small. 5'11", 185 pounds. So for this class, that's not particularly undersized. Uh, ran a 4'39 at his pro day. 4'44", adjusted, but that's what he ran at the NFL Combine as well. His burst score was in the 95th percentile. Uh, this dude came into college as a running back, became a wide receiver a year in, and then broke out a year later. So, like, this dude is, he's not even raw. He's a very good route runner. He's an incredible separator down the field, can make plays down. They left, like, 600 yards on the field because their quarterback was abysmal after Desmond Ritter left. This previous year, he could have had an extra 600 yards. I think he could have led the NCAA in receiving yards if his quarterback wasn't just a, an abomination under center. Uh, but Tyler Scott is a deep threat. And I think Tyler Scott is going to quickly become like the way he progressed from running back to wide receiver within like a year, two year span. And I've watched interviews with this kid. He's like a really, really humble, hardworking, like,
like very intelligent player. You could just tell that he's going to keep developing as a player. Uh, he came out as an early declare. He's 21 years old, uh, played three years in college. Again, very minimal experience as a wide receiver, but broke out and looked great doing it. So we love Tyler Scott. Donald Washington is a mammoth. He's a wildebeest. He will probably be a first-round pick. He'll be a better NFL player statistically than he was in college because he was behind Brock Bowers at Georgia. Really interested to see where he falls. And that moves us into tier number eight, slipping. So we've got elite, elite-ish in his bag, in flight, in flux, extra medium, sipping, and slipping. They they work together in tandem way better when you put it that way. But when you do them like individually, you go down the line, it makes no fucking sense. All right, the final three players are three running backs. Again, like this, the running back class is just so in flux because we have no idea where these guys are going to get drafted. So we have Izzy Abanacanda right here, starting off the tier. We have Chase Brown, and we have Tank Bigsby. Now, Izzy feels like a dude who has gotten a lot of hype recently to the point where I think he could possibly get the best draft capital out of like every non Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet running back. Wouldn't be surprised if, like, I wouldn't be surprised if any of these dudes end up being drafted as the RB4. But if that same dude were to draft, get drafted as like the RB10 in this class, wouldn't surprise me. Tank Bigsby could be the RB4 or 5. He could be the RB12. Chase Brown could be the RB15. Izzy could be the RB4, could be the RB12. Like, none of these guys you could really hone in on. You can only look at, like, the individual traits, right? You have Izzy Banacanda where he's a really, really good pure athlete. Like, his testing score, extremely fast. He's got the size, 200, you know, 10, 215 pounds, runs the sub-4, 4-5, 40-yard dash. You give him a straight line, and he is gone. It's kind of like the Tevin Coleman build. So, in the right system, he could be a good fantasy player. Chase Brown, very athletic. Chase Brown, he's got the size. Chase Brown, played on all three downs like he's an athletic dude that rose up the combine scores and really excelled in the testing so he's a dude that if you look at like raw tools you know him and like Evan Hole it's like if you put him in a situation to succeed if you give him the opportunity he'll probably get it done but a little bit like lesser known coming out of school so his draft capital might not be as high like teams might not be as high on him because they weren't really watching him all year you have Tank Bigsby who was obviously like a phenom when he came into college as a freshman and then never really excelled from there he never really like topped statistically what he had been doing but he was running behind a shit offensive line and if you actually look at the individual metrics from this previous year he was really good on a per carry basis like his elusiveness rating yards created missed tackles forced yards after contact per attempt were all like really surprisingly high but I, I like the film I didn't love it but when I looked at the numbers I was like I got to take a second look at this dude because everything about these advanced analytics tell me that tank is indeed a fucking tank and he rounds out the tier down here all right so I'm going to run through these names real quick one last time to wrap it up. And make sure if you enjoyed the video, you hit the thumbs up button. You subscribe to the channel if you are new because we'll be wrapping everything that happens in the NFL draft up like a Trojan as it happens in real time. But if you want the most organized place for all this stuff, go get the rookie draft guide at bdge.co. Rankings, rookie profiles, Noah's data, proprietary like a motherfucker. All right. Bijan, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jameer Gibbs, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Zach Charbonnet, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, Kendra Miller, Hendon Hooker, not Cedric Tillman, Hendon Hooker, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, Devon A. Chain, Cedric Tillman, Tyler Scott, Darnell Washington, Izzy Abanacanda, Chase Brown, 
and Tank Bigsby. Our full rankings are available right now in the Rookie Draft Guide. I believe we have the top 60 or 55 or something running like that. Superflex, one quarter. Bike. All right. Uh, well, that's it. I will know. We'll see you on Wednesday, and I'll probably be bike on Thursday for an underdog best ball stream. All right. We out of here. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.